Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 15th episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You came to see the woman of the hour. She voices Nurse Joy from Pokemon, My Valentine from Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shizune from Naruto, Rangiku from Bleach, just to name a few. She's a voice acting legend with a skill set larger than my student loan debt. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Megan Hollingshead. Megan, how are you doing today? Wow, very well, thank you. That is quite an introduction. You may come with me everywhere. Thank you very oh, much. Hey, I aim to please. I try to make them fun too, but <laughs> Megan, thank you so much. This goes without saying, but thank you so much for being on the show. And, oh, thank uh, you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, well, you know, it, it's a bit more of a lax show than usual, especially since those of us who are in the Midwest right now are really all over. It is just hot as all get out. Yeah, I've got, I'm rocking the shorts. I got this giant thing of water, you know. You know? <laughs> How hot is it? Like, what are we talking? Is it over 100? Uh, yeah, it's, I, I feel like with the humidity, it's gotta be. I, it's at least in the 90s where, and like, you know, I'm originally from California, so you'd think I would have been accustomed to that. But it's no. been too long, Megan. Oh, you can gosh. get in the 90s out here. I'm in California. I'm in LA. And uh, you can get in the 90s and not um, die in a puddle. Oof. But yeah, 90s in humidity. I'm so sorry. Oh, get out of here. But hey, yeah. hey, with that said, Megan, like I said, you're a legendary voice actress. You know, millions of people know you from your work. But I want to <laughs> start us out with where it all began. Now, growing up, was this kind of always the dream? Or did something happen later in life that made you think, huh? Oh, yeah. I want to be one of the most legendary voice actresses to ever exist. You know, um, luck happened later in life. Um, um, uh, I started out um, uh, just loving sci-fi adventure. I watched Star Trek, the old one, on TV, reruns. I could not get enough of it. And um, my favorite movie was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. And these two things were in my mind and I loved them so much that I wanted to be in them. I didn't want to be like an actor in them. I wanted to be in those worlds. And, um, I, so I, I, you know, I would buy, what was the magazine then star log or something like that. And I would read about shows and sci-fi and, um, and I, I read a book about the making of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was like, wait a minute. So I can't actually be um, an archeologist in the 1940s, but I can be on a crew that goes and makes these movies. This is interesting. And so I got more and more interested in that. I told my mom, I'm gonna make movies when I grow up. And she's like, well then go join the theater department at school. And I was like, oh, well that's not really <laughs> what I'm going to do. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, Columbus, Ohio didn't have a, go make movies with Steven Spielberg department. So I went to, uh, I went to my theater department and I discovered I loved this make-believe world. I love playing pretend. Um, so flash forward, I thought I'd always be backstage. I thought I'd be, um, I don't know, maybe doing lights or tech or directing or something. I went to film school, uh, I loved film school discovered that I didn't want to make my own films. I was just all, spending all my time trying to get into other people's films, you know? Um, 
that should have been a clue. And then I went to New York and I worked for a theater company, a couple of theater companies and a film company. And uh, finally, all of a sudden, I woke up one day and said, I want to act. <laughs> and I kind of went, oh no, that's a terrible life. It's very hard. It's very risky. I like to eat. I like to buy things. This is not going to end well. Um, but I decided right then and there, I. I love acting. I love doing it. I will do it for free. I will keep my day job. I will always earn money doing something in the business. And I will be an actress at night in off, off Broadway shows. And I will just pursue my passion. And so, you know, this string that started with Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark just took its own path, you know? And so I'm doing these off, off Broadway plays and someone I knew through that world said, do you do voiceovers? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and apparently I said it convincingly enough because I got an audition and it turned out that audition was for Pokemon. And so I Which got- I did I got, want to stop you right there before we continued. Now, something that differentiates uh, you from a lot of the other guests that we've had on, is your role in starting out with anime, which you did kind of want to highlight a little bit. Now, growing up, people, I would argue, have very easy access, at least in the West, to cartoons, easy to grow up on. Video games, I'd argue even more. Anime, yeah. however, at least in the West, now everybody watching either live here on Facebook or at home on YouTube, I know I'm painting with a broad brush, so don't worry, I'm sure plenty of you grew up with anime. But I would argue that, at least here in the West, a lot of people, unless you were, like in my generation, who grew up with the Toonami generation, you probably didn't get into anime until kind of later in life. Yeah. That is, except for two series, both of which you play a significant role in, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! So I did want to set that up for it, so please continue. Thank you for that. You know, <laughs> for me, for my generation, um, the anime that was around were reruns of Speed Racer, which was a, uh, which I'd always just viewed as something kind of amazing and strange and one of a kind. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was first dubbing Pokemon, I was like, oh, you know what this reminds me of? Speed you know, <laughs> sure. Racer, they were like, oh, oh. <laughs> and it, it took me a while to put all that together, that style. Um, so yeah, so I got cast in Pokemon and, uh, you know, we weren't really, the, there wasn't the, the social media thing. There was no internet. There was no, like, there was just news. And, it was like the mid nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Late nineties. And, and um, my, I remember telling my mom, I was, I booked a part in a TV show and it was going to be, I booked a part in a show. It was going to be on television of all yeah. things. And, she, and my, um, aunt, my aunt said, Oh, it's not that awful one that, that gave kids. Um, what did it do? It caused uh, epilepsy in, in kids. Japan. Yeah. And I said, no, not that one. Who knows what crazy show that is. And then I go to work. I'm like, it's not that show is it? And they're like, yes, but we've changed it. And it's totally safe in America. Mm. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then really until uh, Pokemon, the first movie came out, that's when, I mean, I knew people were talking about, oh yeah, my kid watches that. And oh, I, I see it all the time. And, you know, I, I had started to hear a buzz about it, but it wasn't until the first movie came out and I went to a theater and saw crowds of people that I knew 
oh my goodness, this is huge. And it's touched so many more people than I, I knew or that I could even contemplate. Um, yeah. And that has only grown and grown over the years. It's, it's been extraordinary. Well, the big thing about Pokemon, and, and I would say to a lesser extent, but still kind of prevalent with Yu-Gi-Oh, but I mean, definitely Pokemon, it's something that has stood the test of time. I mean, case in point, I mean, you know, before we went live, you know, you complimented my backdrop, which was sweet of you, but I will say the rest of my room, you know, I mean, I got my second monitor here, but down below, I've got my Nintendo Switch, and I, and I was playing uh, the newest Pokemon uh, name escapes me. What is it? Pokemon. I'm sorry. New series, new series or the new game? No, the new game. And so just like, you know, just as the test of time, I mean, it's definitely stood it with Pokemon. So, okay. you know, but just please continue. So Nurse yeah. Joy, you know, that's your, right. kind of, yeah. your first big at least, voice acting role, which, for you know, sure. I mean, for me, first, for your first voice acting role, I mean, you could do first a lot job, worse. I Totally. First job I ever got paid for. Not first acting. Hard. I, think, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, people get paid for this? What a, what a racket. This is amazing. I get to do something that's this much fun. Um, so yeah, I got that. And then uh, that was for a company called 4Kids. And 4Kids was um, crazy for anime. They were just like, feed us anime. We will give you American voices. And sure. so what was completely amazing was that I would get to go to work and be Nurse Joy, and then they'd say, um, can you can you be a little, do you have a little boy's voice? And I was like, I don't know. And before I even said, I don't know, they'd be like, you make it a little rough and you make it a little high pitched and uh, here's someone else doing it. Just listen and see what you can do. And I'd be like, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, I got that. And um, I remember one of the funniest was, uh, there was a show called Ultimate Muscle. They had like 10 different titles. And they said, okay, your Ultimate Muscle's, um, uh, Swiss German I don't know what you're you're his his aunt and um you sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger go and I was like I, I, I don't really do it just you know whatever you can come up with just do it. I'm like Arnold Arnold okay I'd never seen a Term Terminator movie but I guess it worked out okay <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was like it was just so good it was better than any improv class I whatever they needed I, w I was lucky enough to just do, to step in and do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so at, at that point, you're, you know, you're making a name for yourself. You already knocked it out of the park with Nurse Joy. So the next character I do want to talk a little bit about, and one that I kind of have a, you know, a connection with is my Valentine from Yu-Gi-Oh! Look at now, that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, everybody watching at home, this is uh, my deck. Don't think I'm too impressive. I've won. I had been playing for years. I maybe won three games. So <laughs> don't give me too much credit. But Yu-Gi-Oh! was, like I said earlier, I mean, both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! I think were a lot of people who didn't grow up, you know, in the Toonami generation. It was a lot of people's access, at least in the West, to anime. And, you know, granted Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and to an extent, um, Pokemon, they were tied to external products. But, I mean, they still made phenomenal animes. So how did you nail My Valentine, which is largely regarded as one of the best characters in that show? Wow. I, I have largely regarded her as one of the best characters, but, you know, I'm biased. Well, sure. Um, I don't remember if I had to audition or not. I had done um, 
Cassidy in Pokemon, who has kind of a similar vibe. Cassidy is more um, theatrical and a little more fakey, but she's kind of the arch villainous sound, which my Valentine is definitely not an arch villainous, but she's in that, um, she's in that range of the woman who is uh, very sure of herself, very Very, confident. A a femme fatale is how I've always kind of seen her, yeah. Much better. She's the femme fatale. And uh, so I don't know if just knowing, uh, if just the people at Four Kids knowing that I could uh, swim in that sea just cast me, or if I did actually audition, but I don't think I did. I gotta ask the guys. The I'm I've been talking to some of the Yu-Gi-Oh guys about how did we do this? <laughs> how did that happen? Sure. Um, yeah, but I don't remember. I was just lucky enough to get her, and I loved her more than Baby Jesus. I was just so happy to work on my Valentine. I was like, yeah. oh, she is amazing. Oh yeah, just such a just a, such an empowering and you know progressive woman who you know obviously starting out. You know, we all we all. I mean, she was framed as like a possible antagonist, but you know, quickly became you know just you know one of the team with you know Yugi and Joey, and so you know it was just like a very, you know, yes, she was a femme fatale, clearly. I mean, that's always kind of how she was framed to be, but, you know, she definitely had an overarching, like, a character arc that, you know, rivals, in my opinion, you know, Kaiba himself. I know I'll get flack about that in the comments, but, you know. Nice. Ah, you know, whatever. I like it. we're going. So we're going strong, you know, the world is your oyster, Megan, kind of, you know, what was your next, like, you know, big break, in your opinion, from there? Then I quit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, um, I, I actually did make the decision to move to Los Angeles because, okay, so now it, it gets slightly more boring people. It's called show business, not show show, right? There's a business side to this. Where? And this, while this was, these were the best roles I have ever had, they didn't pay, they didn't pay the rent. So I made a decision that I was going to go to LA where I was from and start, start over and have more acting jobs. And I was going to teach yoga in LA. It's going to be way better. I had a secret hope that four kids was going to be like, Oh yeah, no problem. You can record your roles from LA. And they had secretly no idea that that was ever going to happen. They were like, good luck, sweetie. Have a good time. Bye. <laughs> And so, and, uh, so that was, that was when I had to say goodbye to four kids and, you know, it was very painful at the time. Now, Erica Schroeder took over both Nurse Joy and my Valentine and she is amazing. And I have so much respect for her and I was so sad at the time. And now I look back and I'm like, that was such, that was so joyful. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually really lucky to have that connection with her. So I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And started all over, literally everything started all over. Turns out I'm not a great yoga teacher. Uh, <laughs> turns out you can't actually make good money teaching yoga anyway. Really? Yeah. But I started uh, doing commercials out here. So I started, I actually made my living doing voiceovers, which was, uh, which was the big idea. Yeah. So that was cool. So then life was good. LA is great. And then I got uh, both right, right around the same time, both uh, Shizune and Naruto uh-huh. and Ranku in Bleach. And I was like, wow, here we go again. I get to be these awesome women. I love it. Like, 
in They're a so nuance. They're such good characters. And in a world where, and a lot of people watching this will already know this, but anybody who doesn't, in the anime community, you know, there is what is called the big three, which are regarded as three of the most, of the well, most, you know, s- selling, which it, which would be the show, merch, whatever, and the most popular animes. And those are, for Shonen at least, and that is Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach. So it is a big deal for you to voice one of the main characters of at least one of them. But to voice a big character in two of them? Right? Almost How like am I? Right? I'm just... It's, it's zero, but um, I was going to say luck and perseverance. Sure. I just, I just keep showing up. <laughs> if I, it kills me, one more audition, one <laughs> more door to knock on. Sure. Still here. Yeah, she's still there. All right, let her read. So with these big, I mean, there are some overlap with these characters. I mean, they're very important and empowering women who, you know, are always there to, you know, you know, back up, you know, the main protagonist and, you know, shine a light of their own. But yeah. yet you bring such a different feeling, a different, such different emotions and just empowering and just the voice themselves sound almost nothing alike. Oh, good. But I'm genuinely curious, like, how do you do it? Because so, well, I mean, where there's so much overlap with these characters and yet you make them each such individualized. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, is it just practice or do you have any tips for the folks watching at home? Kind of like how you You do that? With these characters, they're so, um, I do and I don't. Uh, These characters are so embedded in my mind. Like I don't, I look at them and I know what to do. Do you know what I mean? Like their pictures and and their voices come together for me at this point. Um, When I first was auditioning and thinking about them, there was so much in my head. I was like, okay, this age and and that means this placement and this is the way she moves and this is is her fierceness. You know, Mai was never like this. She was never a warrior. She was very, you know, very cunning. Yeah. And, um, both Rangiko and Chizune first and foremost were warriors. So there's like a, a presence that's different. And so, and, and this is always, this is something I always forget to say, because it's not, it's something that I know and that it's not necessarily obvious, but a voice actor doesn't work with just a voice. Mm -hmm. It comes from every part of our body down to our feet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes I'm auditioning and I'm like, why can't I sound normal? And, um, and I go, oh yeah, I didn't warm up my body. I got to start. Like everything has to be fluid. And so the difference between a character who has a a stance like this and a stance like this is a big difference. And so, you know, that, that goes into it for sure. And there, I was lucky enough to do an animation class with Bob Bergen and he is not only a genius, but an, a genius teacher, like, cause you know, there's two different kinds of geniuses going on there and he's got both. And um, he re- literally does, he has index cards where he writes down, you know, I did this with my jaw. I did this for pitch. I thought of this, you know, person that I know. Um, I am not that disciplined. And maybe that is why I'm not Porky Pig. Well, honestly, when we had, I, I had Bob on the show, I want to say it was, it was a while ago, but I mean, it, that is a hard 
that is all in order to be as consistent or not consistent but just like as methodical and detailed as bob bergen i mean i can't imagine like ever attaining that and like when he actually agreed to be on the show and it was still kind of a new show i mean i i've told the story before i didn't tell him because you know i didn't want to embarrass myself and at this point (laughs) this point whatever i was checking my phone and like his notification was like yeah man i'd love to be on the show paraphrasing obviously he doesn't talk that way but uh (laughs) I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing and just rammed my foot into a chair. Oh my gosh. Such pain, but it was so worth it. Anyway, <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. It's just a fun no, story. No, I get it. I get it. But so like, but actually that actually brings up something that I want to talk to you about. Now yeah. you are so well known for all of these characters, you know, and I mean, fans have taken notice. So are there any kind of fun con stories that you have, you know, like, you being at conventions or you just being recognized out in the open kind of and fans just kind of flock towards you. Any kind of fun stories like that? Oh my God, that would be so funny if I were recognized out in the open. No, <laughs> um, no, you know, I, I, I wish I got to collect more specific stories. I have so much fun at cons. I didn't do cons for years while I had kids and got my life back in order, um, which is still not in order, but it's in order enough that I can get away from my house for a little bit. But, um, uh, but when I went back, I was just, I, when I go to cons, I just want to hold people. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just come here, sit on my lap and tell me more about what, what your experience was like. It's just, what a great thing cons are. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. I had no idea. When I went to the very first one, right after Pokemon was a hit, and they're like, do you want to come do this con? And I thought, me? What? Who? What? Who would want to meet me? And, um... And I, I was a little cynical about it. I'm like, a convention, what? And as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, of course, a convention. This is so much fun. <laughs> it was the, just the, most, the warmest, silliest, goofiest, like most, um, I, don't know, I don't know. You guys have been there. How do you describe a con? It's, there's nothing more sincere. I think that's what keeps catching me off guard, that there's no cynicism. It's yeah. just, it's just silliness and goodness and nice people. And, and the thing that I appreciate, at least for, I mean, at least Vision Con itself and, you know, working from it, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but, you know, a lot of conventions that I've gone to, you know, Vision Con obviously being one of them, but, you know, just every single con I've gone to, you know, the gatekeeping, the like, you know, barring people from being interested in a fandom just because... I don't know, you don't have a vial of George Lucas's bathwater. It's, it's not found there. It's a very welcoming- How much is the vial of George Lucas's bathwater? You know, I'll order it right now. That's gotta be in at least the six digits, but <laughs> there's none of that. It's a very open and very fun, loving experience. And so, you know, you know, as a celebrity that goes there, I mean, yeah, you're so, I mean, yeah, you get you know, revenue from autographs and stuff like that, but they're actually here to see you because you embody these characters that they have connected with. And, oh yeah. You know, you know, some fans take it a little too far with what they, you know, that's why we have, you know, security and whatnot, but you know. Never, I've never had an awkward exchange and granted, I still haven't been to a ton of cons, but I've never had a, an uncomfortable exchange. For, um, and I get it. Like I was sharing about Raiders of the Lost Ark. If, if um, Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford had come and to do a convention, Oh my God, I would have been standing there speechless, you know, mm-hmm. trying to think of something to say. Sure. You know, I wouldn't have been nearly as, as articulate or interesting as, as the people I meet. Sure. 
Well, I mean, I don't believe you, to be fair, because like, you're a very, you're a very uh, interesting and uh, well put together person yourself. But yeah, but that's we, because we're talking about me. Uh, <laughs> I, see, I see. Fair, fair. Well, jumping ship a little bit from conventions, um, a lot of people that watch this, you know, obviously are fans of the people that we have on the show. But how, what I've noticed are a lot of people are actually watching because you know we've had a strain of voice actors that they're either interested in getting into voice acting or they already are and are just kind of looking for pointers from the people such as yourself who have made it and have you know prospered in this business you know kind of so looking for pointers about what to avoid doing and what to actually do so I'm gonna get to that but before we do that I do want to take a little bit of a sidebar guys real quick and if you are watching live here on Facebook if you'll look into the live chat my co-employee at VisionCon Marissa Pence the wind beneath my sails has posted a lot of great links that are attached to uh, Megan Holling said that we're going to get to in a minute, you know, kind of towards the end. But if you're watching on YouTube at later after this has been posted, they're going to be in the description below. Just wanted to make sure you guys uh, knew that those were there if you don't already. So uh, my next question is, how do you kind of deal with rejection? Now let me preface this. Uh -oh. Rejection is prevalent in life no matter what you do. However, in the entertainment industry, in acting, you know, I would argue that is probably more prevalent than in most industries. So oh, how do you, yeah. somebody who has cultivated such a successful career, kind of deal with, you know, rejection and if there are any tips for the, you know, the young bucks that are trying to get into this industry, you know, for them to kind of, when it inevitably happens. Oh, it's so brutal. Um, the the number one tip i mean the best thing is to just get used to it <laughs> like there's no other way to get through it it's like heartbreak like you're oh son you're gonna start dating you're gonna get your heart broken like how do you prepare for that like it just is gonna happen um but the you know if if one can develop um a separation from who 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 i am inside who i really am versus uh, someone auditioning for something, sure. right? Which means not taking it personally. And it doesn't work all the time. <laughs> it's just, I sometimes just have to tell myself that even though I feel it, you know, just talk the talk. Um, but yeah, I when I moved to LA and got a, an actual agent to, to book commercials and, and animation, um, I thought, well, now I've done it. I will now go have auditions and get jobs that pay me millions of dollars, obviously. And um, and so I kept going to auditions and not booking anything. And I thought, well, this is weird. This is not how I imagined things would go down. And um, I was talking to one of the directors in the booth and I said, I, I really haven't booked anything. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he was like, well, you know, you're lucky. You might get one out of a hundred. And I thought, oh, Oh, that's what we're talking about. Now I get it. And he's kind of right. That's been, um, that's what it's been for my, the work that comes through my agents. It's about one out of a hundred. Um, and, and so most of them, I just fire off, you know, they're, they're not, I don't even let them stick. You know, I just do auditions and it's great practice. And then every now and then, like one of them, I'm like, I'm so right for this job. I should get it. It would really pay a lot of money. We'd be set. We'd pay our rent and kids could go to school. <laughs> and then I don't get it. And I'm like, Aah! I couldn't watch uh, 
uh, Inside Out for a long time because I had been, I had a callback for the voice match for Amy Poehler, you know, which is not like, like a voice match. You might get to go in once or twice, but it's a good session fee. And it's, I mean, I talk about money. I talk about these things because this is the job. It's, it's a little vulgar to be like, wait, I I really wish I got a fee for that. But this is, this is the life. Again, it's, show business not show show but yeah so sometimes it hurts and i just say hey it's there's nothing you could do you did your best or maybe you didn't do your best maybe you didn't show up that day um but (laughs) it's what happened um the the great thing about rejection is that you i i have to be philosophical right away right sure um I have to learn the ways of the, to ride the ebb and flow of life, whether I want to or not. And so does it ever get any easier or is it just a constant battle to like not get yourself down in the dumps when it inevitably does happen? Um, no, no, no. It gets easier. Yeah. I ignore a lot of the, a lot of it. It's like, rah, rah, rah. Right. but it's constant practice because like now, you know, the things that, that used to make me feel sad don't, but now there's bigger things to make me feel sad. You know, <laughs> it's, I mean, life is just like that, you know? Life. Well, it's, and something something I did want to ask before we kind of, you know, get to the kind of the last questions was, you know, in this, you know, this point of life that we're in right now with the pandemic and everything, a lot of people have a lot of free time. And so, you know, they're getting into voice acting, but, you know, is it any easier to get into this industry or is the fact that now that we have all this time or since we have all this time and so many people are trying, you know, at least for people starting out, is it more competitive than ever, you think? I don't have an answer for that. I yeah. do know. I, I, the only thing that changed for me is that I had a mediocre sound system and, um, I could do auditions there, but not much else. And I scrambled and I got a booth, a live booth with walls and things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got Source Connect so that I actually can work from home. And then, and I know the auditions I'm getting now, they say must have Source Connect. So I kind of wonder, I'm like, am I getting more auditions now or are they the same? Yeah, so I guess what the, the sentence that started with what I do know is, uh-huh. I don't actually know. <laughs> well, it is an interesting kind of, you know, for many reasons, it's kind of an interesting uh, time we live in right now. But the final question I wanted to ask before we kind of get into the plug zone is, like I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of people that are watching this series, you know, are either interested in voice acting or are taking active steps to get into the industry and just kind of need to know what to go from there. So yep. let us assume, Megan. I am the physical embodiment of all of these people. Again, either watching live here on Facebook or watching it later on YouTube. Yes. One yes. Getting yeah. into acting, let's yes. say, let's say I took Bob's class because wow. so many people, because yeah, so many of the successful um, voice actors such as yourself have. Mm. Where do I go from here? Excellent. Well, first of all, so you're living in Los Angeles. I let's assume. Okay, you know what? No, let's assume I'm not. No. Okay. So that makes it a little more challenging because a lot of the the producers that I know in anime are either in New York or or LA. There is a group in in, uh, Texas, Funimation. So you might want to consider, you might want to reach out to some of these um, producers and ask them, do you work with, you know, uh, do you work with people out of state or do I need to be there? Um, Now, when you approach, uh, 
producers you're produce you're approaching very respectfully and you're not like you know annoying person wanting a job sure. you're hey you know you're presenting yourself very professionally keeping an appropriate distance mm -hmm. and asking like that um uh but what else should you do you're so, ready to go. you've taken your classes mm -hmm. you um uh you should pursue other types of acting work to keep up with your craft so uh, uh maybe that's a something someone's producing a little short for youtube or a friend's play just it's like uh, dustin hoffman said in tootsie you just act wherever you can find it wherever you get work you just act you just act you just act you just act not watch anime and imitate but you find work and um, do it so work those acting muscles so how how soon do i have to get an agent and how soon do i have to splurge on you know the expensive equipment can i start out little and work my way up or do i just need to go balls to the wall just go all out on this equipment don't go balls to the wall don't go balls to the wall okay um, baby steps okay once at a time yeah no 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 balls to the wall um i i trust that it's this is just my own personal advice. I don't, I don't really know. Or Megan Holling <laughs> said, I guarantee. Um, your opinion holds more uh, weight than, you know, a lot of yeah. other people. Yeah, like I only just invested in a real booth. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have yet to see if it really makes a difference toward getting work or not. Fair. Fair. You know, you just don't know. And it's all, it's a constant balance between this is how much I'm earning, this is how much I'm spending. You know, you got it you got to do the numbers, man. You got to know that you're earning more than you're spending. So pay your bills, take care of your life yeah. and see what's, and then make sure there's an amount put aside for your vision. Sure. You know? and, and then um, now an agent. Now, would you recommend, so we're going up to the top. Maybe I've gotten, you know, one or two sizable gigs. When do you, when would be the best to get an agent? Is it kind of right out the gates or should the prospective people that are watching right now kind of have some experience under their belt before they take that leap? I would say, I mean, everybody's going to try to get an agent right away. It can't hurt, sure. but um, the way that you're going to get, you know, it's that weird thing. You can't get an agent unless you have a good job and it's hard to get a good job without an agent. So it's just doing that dance for a while and something, something will break somewhere. One or the other will eventually go. Um, yeah, for me, it was, uh, for me, it was Pokemon. I got into Pokemon, but even then I couldn't get an agent in New York. No one would touch me. Um, and then finally in LA, a friend of a friend who wasn't even with that agent recommended me and she called me back and it was a miracle, Ooh. you know? So you just don't know. You just don't know when you just keep putting stuff out, putting stuff out, sure. putting stuff out. Sure. Right, right, right. All right. Well, I do have, you know, I said that was the last question for the plug zone, but I'm a liar. I have one more. You're a big liar. That's okay. Big liar. Megan, mm -hmm. your large, you know, roster of characters that you have voiced throughout the years, you know, is like I said, massive. But I want to know, are there any ones that have just stood with you throughout all the years that really kind of, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously you're proud of all of your work, but you know, if there were just a couple that could be like, 
those really meant something to me at the end of the day. Kind of what, what characters would that be? <laughs> well, this is um, maybe in a little different tone than you're thinking of, but uh, twin sisters, Neon and Shion from When They Cry. Okay. This, uh, I, I have, I love them so much because of the, the work itself and because I had so much fun working on the work. Mm -hmm. um, and because I went into this recording not knowing it was a horror story. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just unbelievably fun. It was, Mion was a sassy, bratty, little bossy sister. And <laughs> she was what the whole story was about. She was bossing all her friends around. I, I was told she was kind of like a mafia kid. I was like, all right, she's a mafia kid. Okay. And then all of a sudden she had a twin sister who came back into town. I was like, all right, this is cool. And then she started torturing her twin sister. <laughs> awful. It was awful. I'm not laughing, except I am. And then, um, and, and I remember like working with this director and there was this whole weird festival called the Cotton Drifting Festival. And later it came out that cotton drifting was actually meant like pulling your entrails out of your body oh so and so like the and so i turned to the director i'm like what and she's just laughing and it's christy reed who directs a ton of stuff now and she's laughing and i'm like did you know this and she's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have warned a girl that this was coming <laughs> so i assume this was a safe bet to assume this wasn't a four kids uh animated no. <laughs> no. i mentioned that before we started talking about girls but uh but yeah there there was uh, it was bizarro <laughs> super bizarro and uh well, and what was that anime called when they cry when they cry i'm definitely going to check that one out because i should be able to tell you the japanese but i can't remember sure that but uh okay so those twins were there any other ones that kind of kind of just you know at the end of the day just ones you happily kind of hang your hat on Dude, I love all of them. I love all of them. I was listening to stuff back to put, like, I'm like, oh, should I update my reel, whatever. Sure. And I was listening to stuff back. I'm like, that was really good. That was, no one ever asked me about that one. It's so good. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I'm proud of your work. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not already, go ahead and put your either your comments or your questions in the live chat on Facebook, on this live feed, or if you have already, I'll read some of the ones in the messenger as well. How exciting. This is your last chance to do so, because ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Megan Holliday. to the plug zone. Ooh, I like that, I like that. We need, Marissa, we do need a uh, theme song for the plug zone. Maybe that, that might be a brand new Obviously, ask Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah, Great. what's he doing now? But, but no. yeah, seriously. Megan Holland said, now is your chance to advertise, promote, plug, whatever verb you want to use, anything yes. you want, future projects, social medias, websites, whatever. The floor is yours. All right, cool. Um, thank you for coming today. Uh, come visit me on Instagram, just because that's the one I check the most, and I'd love to meet you all. Um, Megan Holly VO on Instagram. And what else? Uh, do, I don't know if I've mentioned that I'm back on Pokemon after all these years. You were actually, well, Pokemon, you didn't, but I mean, something I was meaning to bring up. Um, the I'm back on Pokemon and Pokemon Journeys, so come the on. Return, on Pokemon Journeys. First 10 episodes have dropped on Netflix. Huzzah. 
<laughs> and uh, coming up in less than a week, uh, Happy Space Pop Con is putting on a bleach panel with myself, Michelle Ruff, and Quentin Flynn. And we're all going to talk about bleach, yay! And there's merch available. We're selling autographs and headshots and even one-on-one -on -one chats. I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I got coming up. Like I um, I go on social media and I promote, but the most fun is when you guys tell me what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. So check in, say how do you do. I'll try to get on Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. I I don't know why my brain, um, but I will do my best. And all of those links, guys, that you just talked about in the live chat, if you're watching live. On Facebook, or if you're watching this later on YouTube, they're down in the description below. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to Dana White, but I don't know where I'm indicating. <laughs> you're on my left, and I assume that means I'm on your left on your end. But with that said, we're out of the plug zone. So we're going right now into viewers' comments and questions. So Yay! Marissa, always the stars in my sky, the wind beneath my sails, however you want to say it has compiled a bunch of your guys' questions for me, so I'm gonna start reading them out. How awesome yeah. is Marissa, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you for bringing that up. Marissa right? was the best. Uh, we stand Marissa in this house. Um, all right, so Daniel wrote in and asked, how did you get the role of Nurse Joy for Pokemon Journey after the four, ki after the four kids dismissal? Right? That's, <laughs> what, that's what I thought. Um, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. I mean, somebody could write a book that only a few people would be interested in about the history of the Pokemon franchise in Los in America. Uh, but yeah, the Pokemon was, they did it in, in New York and then they decided to do a new, you know, the new version, the Journeys version has now become bi-coastal. So they're doing it in LA and New York. And it was observed that the Nurse Joy that came into Pokemon Journeys looked and dressed like the original, original, original Nurse Joy from back in the day. And um, my understanding is that Lisa Ortiz, who was directing, said, oh, this looks like original, original, original Nurse Joy. Do you know Megan Hollingshead is in Los Angeles? She could do it there. And uh, they said yes. And I was brought in not knowing what I was being brought in for, but I knew I would, I heard about Pokemon. I knew Lisa was directing. I was super happy. and. Um, I came in and I saw Nurse Joy flash by, but I knew other actresses, you know, were doing Nurse Joy, so I didn't get too excited. And then Lisa said, so, we're having you play Nurse Joy. And I just gave her the biggest <laughs> hug. <laughs> I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. The, the triumphant return of Nurse Joy. Oh, it just made me so happy. Like, I mean, I'd be happy to do anything, but. Sure. The, I mean, the, the, one, the role. Suddenly. The original role that puts you on the map. I mean, yeah, that yes. must mean the world to you. Yes. All right. Aaron wrote in and asked, because it's Disneyland's birthday this week, what's Happy your birthday, Disneyland. Yeah, what's your favorite memory and which Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh character would you want to bring and in parentheses as either Nurse Joy or my Valentine? Okay, so I'm assuming Wow. So I'm wow. Assuming, yeah, Aaron so is a Pokemon to Disneyland? Aaron, we love you, and he's notorious for having these good, if not complex, questions. Oh, so, it. yeah, so let me break it down real quick. So, mm -hmm. either, as, so if you're, in this case, if you are either Nurse Joy or My Valentine, mm -hmm. which character from those, um, you know, from those respective shows would yeah. you want to bring to Disneyland? 
Can you even imagine the cuteness of Score Bunny on the teacup ride? Oh my gosh. Come on, Come on give it up. So for pure cuteness, I'm taking Score Bunny, Nurse Joy is taking Score Bunny on the teacups. Um, but my Valentine could definitely, well, my and Joey would enjoy a trip to, uh, what do they call Star Wars Land? Uh, oh, uh, Galaxy's Edge. What is it? Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's yeah, Edge. my and Joey could go, you know, be like, oh, tear it up. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well thought out. All right, Tabitha wrote in and wanted to know, are your kids into Pokemon? Do they think it's super cool that their mom was Nurse Joy? And then she goes on to say, my kids are all crazy Pokemon fanatics. Our whole family is actually. We have Pokemon Go outings for family time to Please. include me, my husband and kids, my parents and siblings. So- oh, how fun. I want to yeah. go on a Pokemon Go outing with your family. <laughs> we've done a little Pokemon Go, but it hasn't. I don't know. We sure. haven't quite gelled. I don't fully understand it. That my husband ends up putting the kids in the car to find one of those go refill stations. And I'm like, wait, surely it's easier than this. Um, but yeah, my kids, um, it took them a while to have any respect for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest daughter was like, oh, we watched Pokemon after school today with a friend. And I said, sure. oh, did you? Was it the original ones? And she says, yeah. And I'm like, well, there's Nurse Joy in it. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, that's me, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. No, no street cred. None. No street cred. None at all. But yeah, um, but they, they do enjoy it. They don't, um, uh, I, 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 they had to binge watch Pokemon Journeys because I was like, what episodes am I in and will you tape it? <laughs> so I made them watch it like all at once. Um, cool. And they totally love it. They don't really care that I'm in it. It doesn't really, really? It doesn't affect them one way or another. No, my little one, she wants to do, like she'll see my auditions and she says, I think I could do this, mommy. I think they'd rather have me. Um, right. Uh, it's just it's just kind of the fabric of, of our work. So it's cool. And hey, I mean, A plus for confidence as well. <laughs> I'm sure it's that from a rock. easier if, it, if she had a C. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we got tonight for 15th episode of VisionCon Live. Now, before we wrap this up, Megan Holland said, is there any final words you want to leave us out on? Be well. Is that, that, that as bad as, as it gets at dinner I mean, time? In today's climate, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all you, you all you really need. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 15 of VisionCon Live. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for episode 16 of VisionCon Live with my special guest, Tom Gibbis, voice nice. of Shikamaru from Naruto, and a plethora what? of Awesome! I'm coming back. I'm just, I'm coming back as a, as a watcher. Yes, excellent. Oh, this is so good. much fun. But ladies and gentlemen, until next time, my name's Zach, but much more importantly, this has been Megan Hollingshead. Make sure to check out all those links below in the description. And always remember, guys, life's better when you have friends to share it with. Yeah.